Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey, everybody. This is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Friday, November 22nd. This is episode number 848, and it's Meet My Friend Friday. And as promised, I've got two fantastic guys back on the show with me today. We're going to be talking about the topic of flat earth. Pat Roy and Kyle Justice are here. They have a brand new documentary out called Faith on the Edge. This is a fascinating topic, and today we're going to hit the biblical aspect to a defense for a round earth. Stick around, I think you're going to be encouraged. All right, you guys, so a couple things coming up on my schedule that I need you to know about. First of all, please do not forget that Thanksgiving is coming up. Nobody likes that. Send a card to your mother at the very least. I hope you guys have a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're going to tail back, uh, curtail rather, I should say, the podcast just a little bit uh, next week to give you guys a little bit more breathing room. Really excited as we usher in the holiday season here at the podcast. And uh, it is the most wonderful time of the year because hopefully we get to focus on everything that we're thankful for. I always love it when we come out of the Halloween season, right? Just get me away from October 31st and into a season of thankfulness and snow flurries and and all of those things. So we're excited about that. I'm going to be speaking at Godspeed Calvary Chapel in California on Friday, December 6th for their women's tea, their Christmas tea kind of kicking off the holiday season there. Really excited about that. If you are in the area, uh, actually, I don't have the city, but if you're in California, just go to com forward slash event and see if you're going to be California-ish around where I am. I'd love to see you. Uh, my schedule is pretty full for 2020, and I'm hoping I'm getting out to your neck of the woods. If you're interested in hosting my women's conference, Faith That Speaks, we would love to hear from you. And uh, I would also love to hear from you if you got a question for Mailbox Monday. Uh, especially it might be a great time to submit those questions to Pat and Kyle and I can get them to them. And we will uh, link back to how you can get a hold of these guys in the show notes today. They're having an incredible impact in the culture. Last Friday, you heard me introduce them as just really just sort of at the top of their field, really researching this issue of flat earth. I told you that when I first heard about it, I was like, this is not going to catch on. And it is because we are living in a generation that is really questioning everything. And if we don't come at things from a biblical worldview, uh, the Bible says we're going to be we're going to be disappointed, sorely disappointed, and definitely deceived. And that's certainly been the case with this issue. If you missed my introduction last time, briefly, Pat Roy, kind of a legend here at the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center, he helped us. He and Kyle actually helped us build the studio that we are sitting in right now for the podcast. Pat served at the Institute for Creation Research for 12 years. He was the director of broadcast media, and he is also the creator, along with his wife, of Jonathan Park. So some of you guys are like, I knew that name was familiar. Uh, That's why Jonathan Park was a creation-based audio drama that was heard literally by millions around the world. And now they have a brand new one called Time Chroniclers. This guy is a very special part of the Family Planet Homeschool Resource Center, and I hope you guys will check out what he's been working on. I'll link back to it in the show notes today. Kyle Justice is also here. Kyle's a little bit of a Funny man. 
Uh, which is part of why I like having him. He's also an Emmy-nominated producer, and he began producing television projects as a teenager, which led him to work for and produce programming for major cable networks such as the Family Channel, ESPN, and National Geographic. He is a prolific producer of creation science media used by homeschool families and aired throughout the world. Kyle is a homeschool dad of eight kids married to the lovely Don Justice since 1991. Hey, guys, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having us. I'm glad you guys are here. So tell me, you got any Thanksgiving plans? Oh, my. It's always busy in the Justice household. We we usually do one event at our house, which is in the evening, and then we go over to my folks during the day. So we have two meals. One year I overate, and boy, I was pretty sick. Yeah, no kidding. None of us have ever done that before. (laughs) Pace yourself. Pace yourself. Just don't eat. Like, actually, this is a great time. I mean, it's Friday, so you could just stop eating, like right now, and then by Thursday, you know, you could eat all the food you wanted to, and it won't affect you at all. You probably still it probably still be a net loss for you. Yeah. Good idea. Heidi. You'd be half I dead. How dare you? I know. He's like, good idea. Not really. You're stupid. Moving on. Yes. Well, we've got. I actually didn't say you were a homeschool dad too, right, yes, Pat? That's right. not in your bio. We need to fix that. Yeah. That's you true. guys are you're a homeschool family all the way through, and uh, I know that it's important to you this issue of education. The Bible says in Luke six forty that when a student is fully trained, he'll be like his teacher. And I think it's important for us as parents to acknowledge what's happening in the culture and to be able to come at everything that is coming at us from a biblical worldview. The Bible uh, teaches us that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And this issue of flat earth is really no different. God's word is the lamp, even for this issue. And I really want to kind of start the conversation off today by just talking a little bit about that, because you have done... Obviously, you've done your homework on this, and I want to just ask you guys to, uh, for our audience, sort of outline a biblical defense for your position, and what do you say from God's Word to someone who comes up to you and says, hey, I think that the earth is flat? Yeah, you know, Heidi, I think this is the pivotal issue because I think most people on the flat earth claim if you just believe God's Word, you'll see that it's flat. Uh, The Bible has over 200 verses that say it's flat. This is what they claim. Uh, the, the Bible is a flat earth book from cover to cover is what they'll tell us. And I think that that's what sucks a lot of Christians in is they start to read some of the verses and they go, wow, they're right. And then their challenge is, who are you going to believe, man and NASA, or are you going to believe God? And if you're going to believe God, just read his word. And who are you going to believe, flat. man and the Hubble telescope right. uh-huh. or God's word? <laughs> right, exactly. So I think that this is very important. So Heidi, when you start looking at the scriptures, we went through um, the 200 scriptures. What we found is that most of them really don't have a whole lot to do with the flat earth, right? They just latch onto a word here and there. But there are several substantial verses that actually seem to talk about their flat earth model. Now, remember what they say about the flat earth. They believe it's a disc, okay? So they believe it's like a Frisbee. They believe that there's a hard dome over the top of that. So you can't fall off it? You can't fall off of it because there's impassable ice mountains. So we're like in the Truman Show then. Uh, that's right. It's a terrarium is what they'll say. Is that okay. God, as a matter of fact, that's one of the things they'll say is, do you want to believe in your uh, ball that's hurtling through space? Or do you want to believe that God created a terrarium for us to live in? Because So that's one of the things that they'll say. I feel say. safer already. <laughs> terrarium versus ball of fire hurtling through the space. Through space. Uh, yeah. Just a big rock. You're, con- you're converting me already. <laughs> there you go. Whoops. <laughs> 
So, but there are some several scriptures, several scriptures that do point out that uh, there are some things that go along with our model. For example, Isaiah forty twenty two says that the earth is a circle. Okay, and they point out that it's not a ball. Isaiah forty one nine says that there's ends to the earth. Um, Psalm one hundred four five says this, that it's immovable. First Samuel two eight says that uh, there are pillars of the earth under the earth. That's yeah. correct. That there's pillars under the earth. They believe that the flat earth is sitting up on pillars. Job thirty seven eighteen says that uh, that the uh, firmament is like a molten glass. That it's actually hard. And so they say that we are under this dome. So a lot of people began to read these verses and they say, "Wow, they're right. The Bible says that the earth is flat." That's fascinating. I'm I'm literally I'm literally speechless because I can't get the idea of a terrarium out of my head. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I have a terrarium at my house right now. We are the, nothing the but frogs are, I know we are nothing but yeah amphibians. So uh, so what's your defense? So when they read these verses to you, if somebody doesn't have a working knowledge of the Word of God, then it's pretty easy to go. Okay, if you don't want to do your homework, so what do you say when you come back at 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 this? Because we right, we want to always. This is what I was telling people because I teach a Bible study here every Wednesdays from Mom Strong International, and I always tell people let Scripture interpret Scripture. This is the most important thing. We're not looking to outside sources. We're looking to Scripture. I will say in this case though, the obvious outside source is just the Earth itself. Like, you know, and I, I have a really hard time believing that the Hubble telescope is lying to me and that all these images that we've seen for all these years is just a conspiracy theory. But I understand that that we're we're questioning basic science right now. We are questioning male and female, whether or not uh, you can change gender, which I also thought this is pretty settled science. But you're saying the settled science and it's not settled at all. Well, you got to remember that, you know, since Darwin came out with uh, the, his origins book in 1859, you know, there's this been mass movement of, quote, science yeah. that is all evolutionary anti-Bible. And so, you know, a lot of the the ideas of, of science that, that might be used to, you know, prove around Earth, they kind of throw that out along with NASA and say, let's get back to the Word of God and see what it says. So, mm-hmm. but it a lot of it has to do with context mm-hmm. of Scripture. Mm-hmm. Right. Matter of fact, Heidi, I, I love this verse. And I think this is so important. Second Timothy 2.15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. Well, what does that mean? Well, here's what we found. As we looked into every single scripture that they use to support the flat earth, every single one of them is metaphorical. Okay? So now they say, take the word of God literally. Take it literally. Take it literal. Literal, literal, literal is what they'll say. Mm-hmm. Okay? Which really sounds great because as Bible believers, we want to take God at what he said, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But think about all of the different ways, all of the different literary styles that God has got in his word. There's historical accounts mm-hmm. like Genesis and Exodus. Um, we've got statutory like the giving of the laws. We've got poetry, poetry like in yeah. – Psalms and the Song of Solomon, right? Mm-hmm. We've got uh, prophecies uh, that are metaphorical. We've got epistles. You got allegory. Right, exactly. And so what we need to do is we need to look at the Scripture and say, how is God speaking to us right now? And when you go back and look at every single uh, Scripture that they use, you begin to realize that it's using metaphorical language. For example, First uh, Chronicles 16 uh, that says that the earth uh, should not be moved. It also says that the trees sing. Okay, so trees are singing. Uh, in Second Samuel, uh, the one about the pillars, uh, it says that God is a rock. Now, here's what I've been doing recently, because as you can imagine, I'm always talking to hundreds of flat earthers all of the time, and they always come at me and say, Pat, just believe the literal scriptures. Just believe what God wrote. And so a lot of times I'll say to them, do you believe that the trees sing? 
Do you believe that rivers clap their hands? Do you believe that God is a rock? And you know what they always answer is, no, I, I don't believe any of those. And I'll say, that's great, because otherwise you would be a pantheist. Mm, right? The God's in everything. Right, the God's mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. And so they'll say, no, I don't believe that that's literal. So the next question I ask them is, well, now you've got a real problem because in the same passage, you're taking some stuff as literal and some stuff you're not taking literally. And what are the rules that you use to decide between when you take something literal and when you don't? And guess what? They never have rules for that. It's because they want the earth to be flat. And so when they read these passages, they take the, the trees singing as being figurative. But then when they get to the, the pillars or whatever, they want to take that as literal. But that's not a consistent way to rightly divide the word of God. And what we need to do is say, how is this passage written? Is it historical? Is it metaphorical? And then we need to take it the way that God wrote it. And once you do that, all of their verses disappear. Yeah, and what you're doing is you're letting Scripture interpret Scripture. That's exactly That's it. what you're doing. And and truly, I mean, this is where a lot of the issues, I would say 90% of the issues that we're struggling with in the church right now have come from so-called Christians who are taking God's Word out of context. We're having to do theological and doctrinal backflips to come to our position because we want we want our position to interpret what the Scriptures are saying rather than the Scripture uh informing our worldview. And really, that's what you're saying, right? Right, exactly. In fact, Heidi, it kind of reminds me, clear back in 1994, that's how old I am. In 1994, (laughs) back when dinosaurs There was a Bible teacher who was teaching that the world was going to end in September of 1994. I think it was September 6th, 1994. Mm -hmm. He wrote a thick book. Now, if you read that book, almost every page of that book had Scripture on it. And so it looked very biblical on the outside. And matter of fact, the followers came to me and said the same thing that I'm hearing the flat earthers say is, Pat, just accept what the scriptures say. And then they would hand me the book and say, look, it's all about the scriptures. Why don't you believe that September 6, 1994 is the end of the world? Well, guess what? There was one fact that was about to completely invalidate their whole belief, and that was September 7th. 1994, right? (laughs) So I say the same thing with the flat earthers. Yeah, they've put together this thing that looks so biblical on the outside. But when you actually look at it, they're they're using their own interpretation of scriptures. And there's one um, observable fact that proves that they're wrong. And that's that we, we don't have to go back and prove that the earth is round or anything. We can observe it right now in the here and now. That's right. And so it's the same thing is that God's world and his word are never going to be in conflict with each other because he's the author of both. And Kyle and I even did some experiments on our own where we actually saw the curvature with our own eyes. And a lot of times people say, why are you believing NASA over God's word? And my answer to that is, oh, I don't care what NASA says. I've seen it with my own eyes. That's right. Yeah, that's right. And a lot of people, I mean, this is this, I hate to keep bringing this up, but this goes back to the transgender topic, right? I feel like the emperor has no clothes. Right. When we talk about this, it's observable with our own eyes. We can see that there are male and female. And yet I've I've talked to and been around Christians who are saying, oh, no, the Bible doesn't say blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, you guys, we're twisting. We're trying to make it say what we want it to say to fit our narrative. And we got to turn that around and say, no, the narrative belongs to the creator. Yeah, It's his narrative. We don't get to change it. Well, and that's why the, the whole second part of the documentary, we wanted it's it's that, that God's word should confirm his world. 
And, uh, you know, that's going out and searching things out. And it, it seems like a lot of the people believe in the flat earth and scripture that they are not that interested in going out into the world. And and even so, if, if they went up in a spaceship, we've talked to these guys long enough that it's like, oh, well, they would they might even come up with an idea that, uh, well, we were drugged and they put screens on the spaceship and, you know, they pretend. And it's like, come on, you know, where does it end? And yeah. And so that's the thing is we wanted to go do these experiments. So we got invited, uh, a gentleman who was doing a balloon experiment and sending up a, a 360 camera up into the atmosphere about 22 miles to measure what's called the fall off. Um, and that is basically is the horizon at almost sea level or, you know, when, when you're close to the, the surface of the earth, the horizon should be right about uh, 180 degrees of sky and 180 degrees of, of earth. But as you get higher up, if the earth falls off, the higher you get up, that horizon will drop. Mm-hmm. And that's what he was trying to prove. And before people would send up cameras, you know, like GoPros, and they would say, the earth, you know. It looks round. Yeah, it looks round because, you know, it's a fisheye lens and that it's naturally going to curve that way anyway. So it's not proof. But this is not a fisheye lens. This is where. I took a 360 image video of the ascent, and they did measurements on this. And it, how far did it go, up, Pat? We were just a little over three percent um, within accuracy of what the known circumference of the Earth is. Yeah. And so this was an experiment that had never done been done before, and uh, to date, nobody has answered that. But it was clear observation that the Earth is in fact curved. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Heidi, we uh, showed that the. Uh, Earth was round. Didn't That's you know that? amazing. You showed that the Earth was round. I thought I could do that by just going up in an airplane, but apparently uh, that doesn't that doesn't work. You have actual. Do you have a clip for us? Because we talked about this earlier. You did something called uh, this is the Bedford Level Experience. Why we can see things over the curve of the Earth, and I know that there are a lot of people going. Wait a second. I mean, I appreciate what you guys are saying a lot because we really can trust our own eyes that God gave us. Right? There are things we can't trust. Mostly, it's our mind. Right, because the Bible says that our heart is wicked and our minds are easily deceived. But creation, the Bible says that we're without excuse, like even for evidence of a creator, because it's all around us. And so we actually can trust our eyes in a lot of uh, in a lot of, of, of scenarios for sure. And so you did this thing called the Bedford Level Experience. Do you have a clip for us? Right. So uh, one of the guests on our documentary was uh, Dr. Danny Faulkner. He's a PhD astronomer from Answers in Genesis, and. Uh, he started off by talking about our Bedford level experiment. Dr. Faulkner, as I've been researching this whole issue, it seems like one of the most convincing arguments they have is the Bedford level experiment. That's the thing that really uh, set all of this off. There was a man named Samuel Rowbottom. He was English. He did a famous experiment uh, in the mid part of the 19th century. The Bedford level is a drainage canal in east side of, uh, of England, and it's a very flat area near the ocean. It's this one section just straight as an arrow. If you had an object off in the distance over the curvature of the Earth, as you're looking at it, you couldn't see it because the curvature of Earth would get in the way. Now, you can do a simple calculation. Uh, it's an approximation, but it actually works very well for most distances of, of question here. If you go a mile, you get a, a drop of curvature of eight inches. So if you mount a telescope eight inches above the surface of the water, then in a mile's distance, it would be tangent to the Earth's surface, and then it would start to fall away beyond that. And each mile, it's squared. So after two miles, it would be uh, four times eight, which is 32 inches, a little less than three feet. And then it would be um, six feet at three miles. 
and so forth. By the time you get out to five miles, six miles, the curvature would be you know, close to 20 feet or so. And he reasons that if the Earth is curved, he should not see the boat, he shouldn't see the person in the boat, he shouldn't even see the mast with the flag on it. Well, lo and behold, he sees the mast, the flag, the boat, the person, he sees every bit of it. So he concludes that the Earth is not curved, it must be as flat as my desktop right here in front of me, and that way he can see the thing the entire way. Robottom's experiment seemed to clearly show the Earth was flat, and that's what eventually led him to start the Zetetic Society, which was the beginning of the modern Flat Earth movement. So Heidi, um, I have spent hundreds of hours watching video after video that's on, out on YouTube by the Flat Earthers. Out of everything that they've ever presented, to me, this is the most compelling argument is the Bedford level experiment. Yeah. I mean, if if the earth curves, then I mean you can go out to the ocean and watch ships go out and they slowly disappear over the horizon. And that, you know, that would seem that the earth is curved. But in in this case, uh Robotham, it, he did this experiment and he could see uh, ten six miles away that it was still there. So that was something that we were really curious about, and we actually tried to do our own experiment and actually was successful. Yeah, so we uh, basically went out to the uh, mouth of the Columbia River, and we found a section that was uh, six miles away. Six to seven miles from the spit way out by the jetty and then looking back towards Astoria okay. uh, near Young's Bay. And what we did was I went out with a very high-power 1,200-millimeter uh, lens and I shot it across the bay, and it was. How'd you do that? How did I shot it across yeah. the bay? <laughs> when you say when you say you you took out you took out your lens. Yeah. I'm listening to the mom who's just like so. Sure. You're you have to position yourself a particular way. You're just going out like an ordinary guy with a high powered lens, wow. and you're aiming. At, I mean, what's the what's? Can anybody do that? Can I go do that? Uh, generally speaking, you could. Um, we <laughs> one of the times you we would rented, suck at it, but you could. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have well, a, you need a, a very high power lens, and you, then you yeah. also need the weather conditions to be. Yeah, you well. really do. Um, and on that day, it was uh, in August, and we went out, and it was beautiful. Actually, it was early September because we we tried a different locate, couple different locations, and the one we we shown the documentary was for that. And I kind of knew generally where Pat was because we could look at a bridge that comes across and meets the land. He was right there where the, the land met the bridge. And we we shot across the bay and I could I could kind of see over the bridge, but you could really tell that the curvature on the water was happening because I couldn't quite see where Pat was. And I had him go up a little bit and down and, and back and forth. Still couldn't see him. And we thought, well, you know, that's that's pretty good. Uh, it shows that the, it's right. But at the same time... And you can't blame that on a conspiracy over at NASA. No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, but what's interesting is we took a look at the conditions. It was in the 60s. Uh, the water was in the 50s. Um, and that actually plays into how uh, light goes across water, uh, temperature, and so on. Um, but the other thing that we were trying to do was to to try different experiments as far as height, meaning where my camera was first was about five feet off the water. And then we went up a little farther. Since I couldn't see Pat, I'm like, well, shoot, I got to get a little farther up to see him. Right. And even at about 11 feet, 12 feet off the water, I still couldn't see him. And we thought, well, it'd be nice to prove that we either can or can't see him. And what was also interesting was I noticed behind him about... Uh, another 150, 200 feet were these radio towers. 
And we went back, we looked at the footage, and sure enough, as we went up, uh, as I went up with the camera, I could see more and more of the bottom of the towers, which would lead us to believe optically that you could act, you know, that the earth was curving, and I couldn't see the bottom of the towers because I was lower, but as I went up, I could see them. Okay, so basically what happens, Heidi, is that the, uh, the flat earthers will post these videos where you can see Chicago, and they'll say, well, the curve should be blocking Chicago, but the fact that you can see Chicago proves that the earth is flat, and then the ball uh, people uh, post their videos that show that the uh, curvature is actually blocking Chicago, and then there's even a video that you can watch where Chicago, with a camera running, is jumping up and down, up and down, up and down, and so uh, the flat earthers come away and show their videos and say, ha-ha, that proves our point. The round earthers, they show their videos and say, ha-ha, that proves our point, and then the people that don't know watch both sides and they say, well, that's funny. Sometimes you can see it and sometimes you can't. So I guess there's no real answer to that, right? Wow. But the answer is, and this is explained in our documentary, is it all comes down to the water and the air temperature. When you get the right conditions, you get an inversion layer, and the inversion layer can actually bend light. And so there is a scientific predictable answer. So the flat earthers, they use their videos and say, look, this proves that the earth is flat. But then there's not really a way for them to explain when you can't see around the curve. Right. So they say, well, maybe there's some atmospheric conditions, but they have no specifics on that. It's almost like they call out a mysterious force that's blocking you from being able to see. Whereas the ball earthers can say, no, there's actually atmospheric conditions. We can actually predict when we can see around the curve and when we can't. I think it's so interesting. We keep going back to the mysterious force. <laughs> like when we when 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 we're when we when we come up against a wall, it's a mysterious force. It's a it's a conspiracy theory, or it's a you know well, that wasn't right because this and it's a, it's this mysterious. And it seems to me like a spirit because we have the same thing that's happening with so many of these issues in the culture right now that like transgenderism, like uh, the arguments that we're making for things that are absolutely unscientific. I think it's fascinating, even the abortion topic, right? So we talk about abortion until we can see these babies. Like our eyes don't lie to us. We see a baby on ultrasound. And then I heard a woman on CNN a couple of months ago say, well, that's not a baby. And I was like, what? And it is a spirit of deception. I mean, we are such a deceived people right now, like a blanket of deception has fallen over this nation. And really, God's people should be stewards of truth. Am I right? So Mm -hmm. we should be shepherds of the gospel, right? Pushing the gospel forward. But in the process of doing that, we are also, because the gospel is truth, we are also shepherding and stewarding truth. And that goes into every aspect of life. It's in the abortion debate. It's in the issue of transgenderism. And it's in the issue of flat earth so many of these things which we're dealing with today and i just thought when you said that you know when you when you're talking about this mysterious force well part of me is like the mysterious force is no mystery at all right it's a cloak of deception and when we come up against it if we don't have the holy spirit if we don't have the indwelling power of god's spirit then the only answer is well it's so mysterious you know right and so heidi i i know we're about to out of time here but i just wanted to mention that scientifically, think of all the problems for the flat Earth model. How do you explain satellites? How do you explain seasons? Um, what are some other things that we tackle? The moon's um, the moon uh, changing throughout the month. Right, the um, sunrise, yeah. the sunset. Yeah. There are so many problems. Matter of fact, uh, flat Earthers say that there is no such thing as gravity. And when you start denying 
all of these pieces of science, you get into some serious problems. And so, Kyle, we found out that the flat earthers all the time are using rescuing devices. Mm -hmm. And basically a rescuing device, why don't you explain what a... Well, rescuing devices. That I need one of those in my house. Can I have one? Uh, I so, <laughs> need a rescuing it, device. You know, it's something that um, it doesn't make sense scientifically, and so they come up with some extra thing that, well, you know, they throw it in. It isn't scientific at all. Like uh, our universe looks so well designed, and yet evolution shouldn't it shouldn't have happened. It's chaos. I mean, if evolution, right? So they come up with a multiverse and they say, well, we just happen to live in the the universe that has the right, you know, different physical laws and physics and so on, but there's other universes that that are just totally whacked, you know, and the thing is <clears throat> it's never been proven. It's right. just an idea. It's right. a rescuing device. Right, or the origin of life, right? That non-living materials became alive. There's no answer for that, right? So they say, well, it evolved possibly on the backs of crystals. Well, that's a rescuing device, and as we got into this flat earth thing, we've noticed that the flat earthers have a rescuing device for every single issue that you bring up. But when you look into them, I think they fall apart scientifically. Usually they are just jerry-rig rescuing devices to try and get around the fact that the science clearly shows that our earth is round. Wow. So when I know this is a lot of information from people to digest, like I'm sitting here, my head's like spinning counterclockwise on my neck right now, just trying to take all this in. I know it's been interesting to watch. Yes, <laughs> it's fascinating. Yes. These are things we love to do here in the studio. Uh, when you talk to people about this and their their question always is, I don't even know where to start. How do people equip themselves with truth? If they're going to get out there and engage the culture, you guys have made a, an awesome uh, DVD that people can watch and sort of uh, get educated because really we want people to at, at the very least be ready for the question. So when someone comes up to you, don't do what I did at a homeschool conference four and a half years ago and start laughing and assume that they're kidding. And tell them what they won. Right. And tell them what they won. Uh, I think it's important that we understand this is actually happening. I think the same thing is true for so many of the very confusing things that we're dealing with in the culture today. So how do people equip themselves with the truth? Well, I think, you know, uh, again, I think they usually say it's a biblical issue. I think it's important to look through the Bible verses that they use and say, is God communicating historical um, uh, text here, or is this a metaphorical passage? I think it's good for people to know what those passages are and know why they are metaphorical. And then scientifically, I think it's also good just to go out and know why you believe what the shape of the earth is. Mm -hmm. Because like you saw in the interviews that we did um, last week, mm -hmm. is uh, you'll notice that a lot of people, when I ask them, what evidence do you have that the earth is round? Most people couldn't answer that question. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And again, I think you can find those in how would seasons work? How, do, how does the sun rise? How does the sun set? When you just look at basic things, you begin to realize right away that the flat earth model cannot work the way well, they believe it basic to. things i love that you said that because really we've over we're complicating things beyond what human reason even would support or sustain and we're doing that in so many areas of life right now right. and again this is just another area where we're really seeing the work of deception in the culture right and it's simple things just like you said i mean just the sun rise and sunset alone now, in the flat earth model, they believe the sun and the earth are traveling a circle, a circle above the earth, right? It never sets in their model. And yet you can go out to a beach or actually you could stand anywhere in the world and watch the sun rise and the sun set, right? So again, it comes down to a rescuing device and they've got to explain all this uh, um, phenomena that uh, somehow myster mysteriously makes it look like the sun's setting. Well, 
it's very clear that the sun is rising and the sun is setting. So if you've got a homeschool mom who's listening to this right now and she's got a couple of high school kids and she's trying to figure out what's a good research paper for you guys to have a project this year, this would be a great one. That is true. It really would be. That is interesting. And people can get really great information from you guys. Uh, I really want to say just thanks for thanks for being willing to get out there and talk about this stuff and help God's people become more educated and more, first it's aware right, that it's happening, and then it's educated from a perspective of God's Word, that it really is backed up with science, because we don't, as Christians, need to run away from the science. The science follows us wherever we go, because the science belongs to the Lord uh, at the end of the day. So you guys are fantastic. Anything else you want listeners to hear? Where can they find you online? Ah, the creationguys.com is our main website. The Creation Guys. The Creation Guys. Because you guys are the ones. Yes. You just have to remember to put the TH in. I'm the busy mom, so I understand where you're. I understand. By the way, Heidi, I appreciate uh, that you are willing to take tough stands and to dive into these kind of issues. Well, great job. Thanks for standing for truth. You know what? It's I I always tell my husband, I'll try anything once. You know, let's talk about this and see how many, see how many uh, cannons we can dodge. But I think it's important, like in the culture. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And as God's people, we need to be in constantly in defense of truth. So I appreciate it. Well, I greatly appreciate what you're doing here. And and I think you've said it many times, but the enemy, he's trying to polarize and divide and get us distracted. Mm-hmm. And if you run into somebody who believes in the flat earth and they're just, you know, they're, they keep going and it's like, well, wait a minute. You know, there are times when, when through Scripture, when God says, come, let us reason together, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And part of, I I would hope that you could say, hey, listen, we're going to agree to disagree here, you know, but what are the things that we do agree on? Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important is mm-hmm. to focus back on Christ. And I'm say, so okay. glad you said that, Kyle, yeah. because mm-hmm. I think that's true through our journey. We have learned that I think uh, God is more happy with unity than with us being right. And there have been so many times when I've been in these uh, back and forth with flat earthers, and finally I'll just say, hey, you know what? The shape of the earth, who cares? We're both brothers in Christ. Let's encourage one another. Let's pray for each other and lift each other up. And I think at that point the enemy is going, oh, I I think so too because I think a lot of times – as a matter of fact, Heidi, it's it's sad when you go on Facebook or the internet, you can see the ball earthers and the flat earthers just duking it out, right? And they're both Christians, and you just see that they're attacking each other viciously. And God always calls us to be kind, to be gracious, and uh, and so I think unity is super important. That's right. Well, I really appreciate you guys coming on and addressing this topic. It's fascinating. I think it's an interesting. Uh, it's interesting to hear. If you guys are interested in more information on the ministry that these guys are doing, you can find them at thecreationguys.com, right? dot com. And uh, I will link back. Is your is your video on Amazon? Can they get it there or no? Where can uh, they get it? We're putting it on in the next month or two. Yeah. All but right. there are other video on demand uh, Right. But if you start at thecreationguys.com, yeah. it will actually link you to where you can watch it online. You can also rent it online. Right on. If you don't want to purchase, you can watch it for uh, just by renting. Yep. So. All right. Right on. So I will link back to that if you guys are interested in watching the documentary Faith on the Edge, exploring the biblical and scientific case against the flat earth check it out in the show notes today i appreciate you guys listening as always if you are blessed by the podcast please leave us a review at the show notes and you guys know that my christmas card palooza is on right now and we would love to hear from you it will encourage our staff here at the resource center to see your faces and hear from you just a short note about what god's doing you can send us your picture and your christmas card to firmly planted family 11100 northeast 34th circle vancouver washington 98682. Thanks for listening, everybody, and I'll see you back here on Monday. 
For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.